five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
מתגבר פה על הכל. עם ישראל הם חזקים, לא נוותר ולא ניפול. אנחנו לא מפחדים, וגם רגעים שקשה, העם שלי מזה צומח, לא נשבר, לא מתייאש. נלחם עד שמנצח, עם ישראל So gather your friends and family For Latke, Skelt and Melodies Now come sing with me The smell of donuts in the air Cause it's that special time of year Maybe cold out there But it's warm in here So clap to the beat Now let me hear you say Don't give a patient Watch that little dreidel spin Yeah, don't give a patient When we're together we all win Happy Hanukkah Now come celebrate Happy Hanukkah Light, light up the night, so bright. Happy Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. Now come celebrate, happy 
Yes, I matter, and yes, I believe Hashem has a plan and a purpose for me. So yes, I'll keep fighting, and yes, I'll succeed. I've got what it takes, I just need to believe. I believe, Bishvili, the world was meant for me. So I'll dance in the streets, I'm happy as can be. La la la, la la la, la 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 la. I believe, Bishvili, the world was meant for me. This is your moment, so make sure to own it. I believe in you. Do you believe it too? This is your moment, so make sure to own it. I believe in you. Do you believe it too? This is your moment, your moment, your moment. This is your moment, your moment, your Yes, I believe Hashem has a plan and a purpose for me. So yes, I'll keep fighting and yes, I'll succeed. I've got what it takes. I just need to believe. I believe, Bishvili, the world was meant for me. So I'll dance in the streets. I'm happy as candy. La la la, la la la, la 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 la. I believe, Bishvili, the world was meant for me. This is your moment, so make sure to own it. I believe in you, do you believe it too? This is your moment, so make sure to own it. I believe in you, do you believe it Shabbat Shalom. 
ZANG <laughs> ולא משנה מתי ואיך נגיע, רק שנגיע כבר וייגמר. ים ים של דמעות ולב חזק שבור לחתיכות. ואין סוף של רצון להיות הילד הכי טוב. ואיך אמרת לי? אתה הבן שלי, אתה לא לבד, אני מחזיק אותך בשתי ידיים, אל תפחד. אני שומר עליך, אבא כאן איתך אוהב. פוקח את עיניי, מביט לכל מקום, איך העולם הזה גדול עליי. אני לא אתן לאף אחד שוב להפיל אותי. עד שיגמר, עד שנגיע אל התור. ולא משנה מתי ואיך נגיע, רק שנגיע כבר וייגמר. ים ים של דמעות, לב חזק שבור לחתיכות, ואין סוף של רצון להיות הילד הכי
J.M. and the A.M. with Vegas off volume number five. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, J.M. and the A.M. Thanks for tuning in, as we always say. Big day for us in our fundraiser, because every Friday is going to be big over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, every Friday we're going to try to get past yet another hurdle, another milestone, another goal. And um, with your help, we could do it. And hopefully by the time we get to the last Friday of the month, because it's already December, hopefully by the time we get to the last Friday of the month, how many Fridays are there? One, two, three, four, five. So the first Friday is December 1st today. We have a modest goal. We want to get to over 36,000. The next Friday is going to be in the midst of Hanukkah. The following Friday is going to be Zos Hanukkah, the eighth day of Hanukkah. Then the next Friday is a fast day, Hasar Mateves. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> we've chosen the right weeks. And the grand finale for the um, calendar year, the year-end fundraiser, will be uh, four weeks from today, the fifth Friday, the 29th of December, which we'll do from Jerusalem. So that's the schedule. Now we just need all your cooperation. Anybody who's already given, all I could say is thank you. Much appreciated, to say the least. You have no idea how much it's appreciated. But if you haven't given yet, it's fjbunity.org, and I'll give you the uh, the amount that we're away from our goal in just a moment. Uh, Dveikis with Curry Bone. Leif Chazak done by Udi Damari. You heard Itzik Orlev and Yishtabach. Yom Zed done by Tali Yes. Nachas, brand new. This is your moment. Yoni Z, brand new. The Happy Hanukkah remix. Aviad, brand new, with Amisrael Chai. David Bornstein, brand new, with Yevanim, all in honor of Hanukkah. The Y Studs, brand new, with You Can Light With Me. Uh, they call that a Taylor Swift Hanukkah. And Regesh, Modani, opening things up. And we say good morning. Continue to pray for our uh, hostages as uh, the war has essentially begun again. And there likely will not be any hostage releases today. Uh, more coming up about the news of the day and the news of the week when we do our weekly update with Malcolm Honeline. He'll join us coming up at 7.40 a.m. Eastern time here at JM in the a.m. Um, oh, my foot is hurting me today like it hasn't hurt in, in two months. I don't know why. guess it's all part of the healing process. Anyway, um, 
coming up, Simon Jacob is going to join us about 40 minutes from now. He's going to try to help us get to our goal for today because, um, as we said, we've got a, uh, a massive goal for the end of the calendar year. But every Friday when we get on the air, we're going to have a uh, modest goal. And the most recent donation we got was uh, from Anonymous, three times high. Thank you, Nachum, for all you do for Klai Yisrael. May Hashem bless you. Continue your wonderful work. Thank you for that. Admeva Esrim. Thank you. Amen. Israel Helpern gave a donation yesterday, five times high in honor of the, actually five times high plus one dollar in honor of the Chayalim who are fighting for Eretz Yisrael and Am Yisrael. We pray that Hashem will protect them. And restore shalom throughout the world. Chazak v'yamatz. So, uh, what's today's goal? It's really simple. And, and and with one major donor, with one person in the uh, you know thirty six hundred range, maybe a couple in the eighteen hundred dollar range, we can get to today's goal. Because right now we are over thirty two thousand. And I'd like to end today's show with 36000 So those of you who have considered the larger donations, 360, where, of course, you get the uh, autographed copy of my book, uh, 500, 1,000, 1,800. Today is one of those days we need to hear from you. I think every Friday this month we're going to have to hear from you. But, hey, line up, take your turn. And to those of you who are... Uh, who are of the background and of the type to um, jump in immediately and not wait till the last minute. I'm asking you to give your donations today. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. The goal is uh, 36000 for today out of the 400000 campaign goal, and we are already over 32000 So literally one donation can get us to that goal, but... Hey, we know this is a team effort, a collective effort, a community effort. And I hope you'll participate. And I hope you'll participate today. FJBUnity.org. Friday's a good day to participate because we, we bring you features like Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin, Malcolm Honeline with the weekly update, uh, all the different uh, Arab Shabbos selections, plus we're followed by some incredible Arab Shabbos programming all through the network all day long to take you until candle lighting time. So today's a good day to really recognize the service that's provided here on NSN and just how thankful you are that you're able to tune in every single day to a broadcast like this one. Um, it is Friday morning, day one of December. Today is December 1st. I don't know where the time goes, but I don't want to be that guy <laughs> who talks about time flying. Today is day number 18 in the month of Kislev. A week from now, we'll be deep into the holiday of Hanukkah. Candle lighting on this Arab Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach in New York is 409. The New York area has 409. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Tuesday night in Chutz La'aretz, Tuesday night outside of Israel, we start saying Vesein Talumatar. Obviously, in Israel, they've already said it. They've already been saying it since the be almost the beginning of Cheshvan. 
we start saying the same Talamutar outside of Israel on Tuesday night. And Thursday night, Hanukkah begins. Thursday night is night number one. The first candle of Hanukkah 5784. I know the war is restarting, and I know that um, I know that it doesn't seem like uh, all of our hostages are going to be, rele- be released anytime soon. But we are praying for a Hanukkah miracle. This is the month and the week of great miracles in the history of the Jewish people. Let us hope and pray. As I said yesterday, I think all the hostages would take this deal. Let us hope and pray that all of them are released by the start of Hanukkah on Thursday night. Talk about modest goals, right? Let's hope. Let's hope. As uh, they continue to suffer under the supervision of this dastardly, barbaric enemy, let us hope that they'll be released very, very soon. Uh, and yes, the holiday holiday of Hanukkah begins on Thursday night. JM and the AM, thanks for joining us. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach, plenty more coming up today as we outlined. And again, I'm asking everybody who has not yet donated to the campaign, can we get over 36,000 today? Can we, could we achieve that hurdle of jumping over the $36,000 mark? I... Um, I have this desire to check in with uh, Yigal Siegel and get his opinion on this because he'll tell me if I if I overshot by thinking we can get to 36,000 by the end of week one of this campaign. But I think I'll leave him alone. After all, he's in Jerusalem. They are busy. It's almost Shabbos in Jerusalem. Yeah, it's almost Shabbos in Jerusalem. It's almost, uh, let's see, it's almost uh, 2 p.m. It's a quarter to 2 and they're going to start Shabbos in a couple of hours, so I'm not going to bother him. But I think he—I think at this point he would uh, encourage us to continue to ask until we get to thirty-six thousand. All right. Now that I assume I have his uh, endorsement, we can continue and, uh, in fact, ask away. JM in the AM. It is a Friday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up. And thanks so much for tuning in. More from Vegas at JM in the AM. Shalom, Kadesh Shalom.
לקראת כלה, פני שבת נקבלה, נקבלה. לך דודי לקראת כלה, לקראת כלה, פני שבת נקבלה, נקבלה. שבת שלום, שבת שלום, שבת שלום ומבורך. שבת שלום, שבת שלום, שבת שלום of the Likrat Shabbat album done by Shlomo Katz here at JM and the AM. Before that, Regesh off volume number seven with Aishas Chayel here at JM and the AM. And you heard Dveikas, of course, in there with, uh, was it Me'en HaBrochos? Yeah, Me'en HaBrochos, which we did to open up that set here at JM in the AM. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Hey, listener, Morris, thanks for listening in Miami. I love the fact that people can tune in from anywhere around the world and hear as clear as a bell. Good morning from Miami, Morris says. Walking to school now, accompanied by JM and the AM. Thank you for always being there. Shabbat Shalom to all with an emphasis on Shalom. May there be only good news coming from our favorite place in the world as they are accepting Shabbat shortly. They certainly are. In Jerusalem and every other city in Israel, they are accepting Shabbat shortly. JM and the AM, good morning. I want to remind everybody we have a campaign going on. If you haven't given yet, it's fjbunity.org. fjbunity.org. I mentioned earlier that we need some big donors to help us get to our goal today. And I never, <laughs> I never in a million years thought Simon would give this donation before he joined us on the air, but leave it to Simon to hop to it and and take care of what he feels is his responsibility um, earlier than expected. With all that in mind, 2,600 from uh, Barry and Simon Jacob, Hatzlacha, Rabba, Nahum, and the NSN Network. Simon, God bless you and thank you. And to you and your entire family, thank you. And now, when I talk about striking distance, we're over 34,600. We can get to 36,000 today, please, God. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, next. Galei Tzal, Asha 2, Baulpan Rankur, Tzim, Mashe Kore Akshab. 
הותר לפרסום כי אריה זלמנוביץ', אחד ממייסדי קיבוץ ניר עוז, נרצח בשבי חמאס. מטווח כתבנו שי ישראל. אריה זלמן זלמנוביץ' היה בן 85, החטוף המבוגר ביותר, כשנחטף לעזה ב-7 באוקטובר. הוא הופיע בסרטון חמאס לפני מספר שבועות, והיום הודיעו בקיבוץ ניר עוז שהוא נרצח בשבי החמאס. אריה היה כל חייו איש אדמה שעסק בחקלאות, והותיר אחריו שני בנים וחמישה נכדים. יהי זכרו ברוך. בשעה זו ירי רקטות לעבר כיסופים. להיכנס למרחב המוגן. ירי רקטות לעבר כיסופים בשעה זו. שלושה לוחמי צה"ל נפצעו באורח בינוני מוקדם יותר היום כתוצאה מנפילת פצצת מרגמה סמוך לנירים. בנוסף, שני לוחמי צה"ל נפצעו באורח קל באירוע. הלוחמים פונו לקבלת טיפול רפואי בבית החולים. משפחותיהם עודכנו. צה"ל תקף מאז שעות הבוקר עשרות יעדים של חמאס בשטח הרצועה וממשיך להכין את השלב הבא של ההתקדמות הקרקעית, מדווח כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. התקיפות הבוקר מתבססות בין היתר על מידע שנאסף במהלך ימי הפסקת האש. צה"ל תוקף עיטורים שבהם חמאס פעל ופועל. במקביל צה"ל ממשיך להכין את השלב הבא של ההתקדמות הקרקעית, אך בשלב הזה הכוחות הקרקעיים לא מתקדמים לקווים חדשים. עד כה לא ידוע על היתקלויות חריגות בשטח הרצועה. משעות הבוקר המוקדמות שגו רקטות לעבר אשקלון, שדרות ועוטף עזה. איתמר רביבו, ראש המועצה האזורית חוף אשקלון, אמר ליובל שגב ביומן הצהריים של גלי צה"ל, נמשיך לתמוך בפעולות הצבא, אך אנו זקוקים לפתרונות היום. כמה זמן שייקח, אנחנו נחזיק מעמד, למרות האתגרים שהם אתגרים לא פשוטים. התושבים שלנו הפכו להיות פליטים, פליטים בארצם, והמדינה צריכה להעניק לנו את הפתרון הזה היום, לא יום ראשון ולא לא מחר, היום, אפילו אתמול. צריכים, אנחנו צריכים לספק לבוא ולומר לתושבים שלנו שרוצים לחזור, יש לכם לאן לחזור. גם ביישובי קו העימות בצפון עוקבים בדריכות אחר חידוש הלחימה בעזה. התושבים נקראים שלא לשוב לבתיהם. משה דוידוביץ', יושב ראש פורום יישובי קו העימות בצפון וראש המועצה האזורית מטה אשר, אמר לכתבנו קובי מנדל, חוסר ההחלטיות של הממשלה הוא הבעיה הגדולה ביותר שלנו. ביקשנו מתושבינו שלא לחזור ליישובים המפונים. השקט הוא שקט מתעתע. חוסר הוודאות ואי החלטיות של הממשלה בדבר ביטחון תושבי הצפון היא הבעיה הגדולה ביותר של תושבי קו העימות כרגע. גורמים מצריים טוענים כי חמאס מתקשה להשיג ארבע נשים חטופות המוחזקות על ידי קבוצות וארגונים אחרים בעזה. על פי דיווח בוול סטריט ג'ורנל, חמאס ממשיך להחזיק בחטופים בעלי האזרחות האמריקנית, שכן הוא רואה אותם כנכס אסטרטגי שיכול לספק מנוף להפסקת אש עתידית. מוקדם יותר טען חבר הלשכה המדינית של חמאס, חליל אלחיה, בריאיון לאל-ג'זירה, כי ישראל סירבה לדון בשחרור חטופים מבוגרים. כתבנו לענייני ערבים, ג'קי חוגי, מוסיף כי אלחיה אישר בדבריו את הדיווח בגלי צה"ל על כך שבכוונת חמאס לראות בחיילות צה"ל קטגוריה בפני עצמה ולבקש עבור שחרורן הפסקות אש. בתוך כך, שי ונקר, אבא של עומר ונקר, שחטוף, סיפר ליובל שגב על החששות ממצבו הרפואי של בנו החטוף. יונתן סבן, לשעבר דובר הצלב האדום בישראל, שהוא חלק מצוות חוסן במטה לשחרור החטופים, אמר כי יש לחמאס צורך לאפשר לצלב האדום לבקר את החטופים. 
ויש עוד הרבה שווים שפשוט לא קיבלו את הטיפול הרפואי. הרוב יוצאים במצב מאוד מאוד גרוע, וזה חרדה מאוד גדולה. מעבר לזה שהומו חולה, אני לא יודע גם איפה הוא נמצא, אני לא יודע אצל מי הוא מוחזק. הצלב האדום לא מדווח לאף אחד אם הוא נכנס או לא נכנס למקומות, אם הוא עושה את העבודה. אנחנו גם מצפים ומחכים לראות סוף סוף את ניכור הצלב האדום אצל החטופים שלנו, וזה כרגע לא קורה. למרות ההסכם וגם בלי הסכם, אם הוא לא מקבל את האישור לבוא ולבקר את החטופים, הוא באמת לא... עוד בחדשות המשטרה פתחה בחקירת נסיבות רצח ברמלה בו נמצא גבר ללא רוח חיים במכונית בשכונת ג'ואריש בעיר כתבתנו עדה שטייף מוסרת שצוות מגן דוד אדום שהגיע למקום מצא אותו ללא דופק וללא נשימה ונאלץ לקבוע את מותו במקום מזג האוויר בהיר ללא שינוי ניכר בטמפרטורות ואלה זמני כניסת השבת פרשת וישלח בירושלים בחמישה לארבע, בתל אביב בארבע ושש עשרה, בחיפה בארבע וארבע בדקות ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת בארבע ושמונה עשרה ולזמני צאת השבת מחר בירושלים בחמש וארבע עשרה, בתל אביב בחמש ושש עשרה, בחיפה בחמש ושלוש עשרה ובבאר שבע תצא השבת מחר בחמש ושבע עשרה. לכל מאזיננו, שבת שלום, אלה החדשות. J.M. in the A.M. Oh, lots going on in the Jewish world. And if you listened to that newscast and understood it, there is, a, um, there is no doubt that those who have been uh, held hostage and those who are being held hostage are going through the torture of tortures. No doubt. Uh, let us hope this Hanukkah miracle we're praying for as we continue to pray between now and Thursday night when Hanukkah begins, and obviously, if necessary, after that as well, we pray for the safety and the safe return of our hostages. Let's hope that Hanukkah miracle actually happens. JM and AM on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting here is 4.09. Now, if you were listening, I think they said candle lighting in Yushalayim is 3.55. And Yigal Siegel, who, of course, is a resident of Jerusalem, has explained to us in the past that depending on where you are in Yushalayim, the time could be very different from what any they, whoever the they is, are announcing. Yigal Siegel, welcome back to JM in the AM. How are you now? So are you officially 355, like the guy just said on the air, or are you starting Shabbat a little earlier, a little later? I mean, what I heard was 4 o'clock even, so I don't know where they got 355 from, but you know, as you mentioned, as we said in the past, in your Shalim, you can have extremely... Uh, different uh, time zones, times for Shabbos, even in the same neighborhood. So, right, and the earliest, therefore, that you've heard for today is three fifty-five. What's the latest you've heard for today? If you're starting at four, there are other neighborhoods that'll start as late as what? No, I think four o'clock is the latest. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's not nearly as it's not nearly <laughs> sorry as, for the anticlimactic. Yeah, not, not nearly as dramatic <laughs> as I thought. I thought you were going to I thought you were going to tell us that you're starting at four and others are like four oh eight or something, but that's not the case. Four oh eight? Oh my gosh! <laughs> and we remind everybody that in Jerusalem they're lighting candles not eighteen minutes before sunset, but forty minutes before sunset. So, uh, yeah, boy. If your 18 minutes is much longer than ours. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting a report. Why is it 355? Yeah. Right, right, yeah. But the question is why... So, ah, wow. 
there's a difference of five minutes in um, in 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 sunset times here, right? Because of the mountains. That's why. That's what it's based I, on, it's, right? No, so I was just checking with the uh, with our with our correspondent here. He uh, he said that uh, the latest is a four o'clock. Yeah, so it's three fifty-five to four. You have that five-minute swing of uh, the start of Shabbat in Jerusalem today, right? And then you have the forty minutes before Shkia. So you got plenty of time. Was the uh, was the uh, correspondent up very late one night this week because of the uh, activities of a certain NFL team in Baltimore, or he was not uh, following? No, what are you talking about? Didn't when, they, oh, because uh, didn't they play Sunday? Oh, the Sunday night game? Yeah, didn't they play Sunday night? That's what I thought. Yeah, none of us, none of us did. <laughs> none of us did up for that. Wow, they take winning for granted. That unlike us folks in the New York area, in the NFL, they take winning for granted down there. That if you're in Israel and you're a Baltimore fan, you don't even have to tune in. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, so as you know, Simon Jacob, uh, one of our great supporters and friends, is going to join us from Jerusalem in the next few minutes, Egal. I set a modest goal because we have five Fridays in December. We have five Fridays in December. We have today, we have uh, the Hanukkah Friday, which is next week. Then we have Zos Hanukkah. Then we have Asara Teves. Every, every Friday, there's plenty to distract us from fundraising. It's terrible. And then, of course, the, the finale Friday coming up on the 29th of December from Jerusalem. So every week, I want to set a goal, a realistic goal, because if we get over the five hurdles or the five benchmarks or the five goals that we set, we get to our eventual campaign goal for the year-end fundraiser. So we got on the air this morning just over 32,000, and I said I think we can get to 36,000 today because, you know, and that, that would be a great first-week goal, you know, very symbolic, 36, twice high, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I said we need, you know, we need a couple of big donations in order to do it, but after all, you know how it is on Friday. People are very attached to the show on Friday morning, and I think there are people out there that would do it. Anyway. With all that in mind, I want to thank Barry and Simon Jacob. Simon hasn't even joined us for the pitch yet, and already uh, they have contributed $2,600 to our campaign, which means right now we're at $34,611. $34,611. You got, according to my calculation, and I know that you're responsible for the math now during this campaign, but according to my calculation, we're less than $1,400 away from the goal. You are correct. <laughs> that was a hard one. And yeah, we, you're correct. And obviously, That's great. And thank I, you, Simon Bear. And obviously, if we get thirteen hundred, I will make sure somebody gives the eighty-nine dollars to get us to thirty-six thousand. Uh, but listen, in all seriousness, we're very close. We, we, you know, that we've been talking about the three sixty. People get the autographed copy of the book for three hundred and sixty dollars. We've been talking about the importance of making the. Uh, uh, the, the larger donations in honor of the 40th anniversary, we get a couple of these 360s from two, three people. You know, we're gonna we're gonna you know almost immediately uh, hop over this hurdle of thirty six thousand dollars. So I, I just wanted your encouragement. I wanted you to confirm that we're less than fourteen hundred dollars away, and uh, I wanted you to know that this is the first of five weekly goals that we're going to be setting. All right, great. All right, I think we're doing great. I think we can. I think we can realistically make, may, may be able to surpass it with a couple of big donations. Say it again. We might be able to surpass the goal of thirty-six thousand with a couple of big donations. That would be nice and very Eagle Siegel like to say that. That would be. 
<laughs> that would be very nice <laughs> if we could surpass the goal. Um, all right. I want to say to you a Shabbat Shalom to everybody in Jerusalem and the entire state of Israel. I want to say to you that uh, for your brothers and sisters in Chutz Aretz, they should start saying the same Talumatar on Tuesday night. You've been saying it like for over a month already, right? That's correct. And I also want to remind you, Yigal Siegel, that Thursday night, uh-huh. Thursday night, you should light one Hanukkah candle. And tell everybody, since you, oh li- since you live in such a beautiful area of Jerusalem, tell everybody, around what time will you be lighting? Let's say we have some listeners in the area who want to join you Thursday night for the very first Hanukkah candle. Around what time will you be lighting on Thursday night? Well, I, I light uh, right at Shkia. That's my, like, we're most time team Paskin. So that'll be around 20 to 5. So about four four um, forty p.m. on uh, Thursday night. Right, and and I want to tell you, anyone who is planning on visiting Yerushalayim for Hanukkah, and there is nothing like walking the streets of Yerushalayim during Hanukkah, especially in in my neighborhood of Nachlaot, where it's just a, it's a very very special time, and the lights are lit, and and, and people are singing next to them, and it's just fantastic. So and- if you can be there. We'd love to have you. Go ahead. And are you, well, no, my question is, uh, are you going to be lighting inside your home or are you going to be lighting outside of your home? That's a good question um, because a lot of us live in high, you know, high areas, like high floors. Um, like my apartment is, is the equivalent of seven or eight floors above above the street level. Right. But we happen to have an apartment building which is right next to us so we can light in the window and people in the next building can see. Um so we'll probably be lighting in a window because if we if we light by the door of our house, which a lot of people do, the way you know the way our you know our house is set up, very few people can see it. So Maybe. we want to maximize the uh, the public public publicizing of this of the miracle. So we'll probably do lighting by the window. Maybe you should light on your porch so everybody in the Knesset can see it. That's also a possibility. Um, if it wasn't so windy, I, I might go with that. What is the yeah, we By the way, I, I, I got to start preparing. I'm going to be there after Hanukkah. What, what is the weather like right now? Well, the weather's fine now. When you show up, it's going to start snowing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way it is. Or at the, or at the, minim, <laughs> at the minimum raining. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if the people don't understand what we're saying, whenever Dr. Siegel shows up in Israel, for some reason, God decides to uh, open to the let skies. What are works come? Yeah, and, <laughs> so, if, and if only we right were. Right now, it's a beautiful day today. Yeah, and if only we were kidding, and we're not even allowed to kid about it because we're supposed to be thankful when it rains in Israel. So we're we're like between a rock and a hard place when it comes to this topic, frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's, been, it's my biggest struggle in life. But anyway, <laughs> all right, just uh, being happy when it rains. My brother, have a uh, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Nachum, and thank you for everything that you do for us. Thank you for everything you do for us. There he is, Egal Siegel in Jerusalem. Many of you wonder what it's like to uh, have a partner who's a brother. It's quite something. Um, anyway, we're we're getting close to the $36,000 goal for today. We're over 34400 Can I ask everybody please to... Toss in a couple of 360s now so I can, uh, you know, have a restful Shabbat. Thank you. FJBUnity.org. FJBUnity.org. Harry Rothenberg's words about Parshas Vayishlach 
are being presented in honor of a refuah shlema for Ruchama Chana Etel Bas Chava. Can Ruch- oh, I should I should do that again? Ruchama Chana Etel Bas Chava. Harry Rothenberg, Parshas Vayishlach, JM in the AM. So Yaakov returns to Israel for the first time in 20 years. He's going to meet up with his twin brother Esav, whom when we last left him was in a murderous rage towards Yaakov. So Yaakov sends messengers out to his brother to sort of take his temperature. The messengers come back and they inform him, your brother's coming towards you with 400 men. Now realize, Esav is incredibly strong and those 400 men undoubtedly are not wimps, they're warriors. So understandably, the Torah tells us that Yaakov is very scared and distressed. Why is he also distressed in addition to being scared? One of the commentators tells us, famously, that he was scared because Esau might kill him. And he was distressed over the fact that in self-defense, he might have to kill Esau. Even though it would be totally justifiable, he didn't want to have blood on his hands. And he certainly didn't want to upset their father who would be losing a son. But one commentator tells us, no, something else is going on. Yaakov was distressed over the fact that he was scared. What does that mean? Yaakov, the patriarch, at his rarefied level of emun and bitachon, faith and trust in God, knowing that God had told him it's time to go back to Israel, and God had reassured him that he was going to protect him, and God had sent angels, literal angels, to greet him on his way back into Israel. He shouldn't have been afraid. Think about it. Let's choose up teams. You got 400 warriors. I got God and his angels. You know what? I think I'm going to bet on my team. I don't care what the point spread is. So he was upset at the fact that he was scared, even though it was natural to be scared. He felt that as a master of emotions, he shouldn't have been scared at all. And what an obvious takeaway for us right now. Because these are very scary times for Jews all over the world. My oldest son lives in Israel, in Jerusalem, with his wife and his children. And every time I've spoken to him since the events of October 7th, I've said to him, are you okay? Everything quiet? Everything safe? He says, Dad, I'm telling you, I'm safer here than where you are. Now that sounds crazy, but think about what's going on across the world, including in the U.S. The violence, the threats, Jews holed up in libraries and in rooms, fearful of raging violent mobs. It's very scary. And the natural thing to do would be to cower in terror, in fear. But that's not what we should be doing now. We have to be smart about where we go. But in general, this is not the time. In fact, it's the worst possible time to be taking off and hiding our yarmulkes or covering them up or tucking our Stars of David or high necklaces into our shirts instead of displaying them. Now is the time to be the proudest Jews possible. And to remember what King David said in Psalms and Tehillim. He said, Gam ki elech begeit samavis lo ira ra ki ato imadi. Yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no man, because you, God, are with me. He's with us. Don't be scared.
Lenny Solomon, Bechol Yom Shiavo, here at JM in the AM. It is a Friday morning broadcast. Arab Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Those of you uh, there we go. <laughs> Those of you who've been following <laughs> the activity with our fundraiser, you know that we have five Fridays in the month of December, and we're going to set a goal every single week. And today's goal is 36,000 double high. And as we said earlier, because of the generosity of Barry and Simon Jacob, we are now less than $1,400 away from today's hurdle of 36,000 on our way to our campaign goal at the end of 2023. So, with that in mind, I thank both uh, Barry and Simon. And the Jacob family, Hatzlacharaba Nachum, and the NSN Network with their $2,600 donation. I've asked Simon to join us on the air to encourage others to give today and be as generous as possible in our 40th anniversary campaign. Simon Jacob, who we normally speak with live on the air in person in Jerusalem, welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom Nachum, Nachum. And I'm still in Jerusalem. No, I, you here. I know you're still in Jerusalem, and I can't wait to see you when we get there at the end of the month, please, God. Also, I remind everybody that Simon is actually now an NSN staff member. Uh, every Thursday night at 6.30, the Kosher Terroir is the name of the show. As he analyzes and discusses with many special guests the wine situation in the Israeli and kosher world. And that has been playing to critical acclaim. By the way, last Friday night, I wish I remember the brand name. I just don't remember the I don't remember the name. But last Friday night, we served we served. It must have been a fifty sixty dollar bottle of wine from Susia. You know where Susia is at the yeah, at the edge sure. of, at the edge of the southern part of the Judean hills. And I was told by yeah. the store owner here, um, you know Mendy, the store owner in Teaneck, New Jersey. I was told by Mendy sure. that the uh, the leader of the um, winery in Susia is in the army. Obviously, like like so yeah. many, it's like so many other people that have not been. So so a lot of their operation had been stalled. So I said, okay, this is the perfect bottle to buy. I'm listening to Simon's instruction to buy Israeli wine, and we're supporting a winery where again the war has interrupted uh, their ability to produce. Uh, on a regular schedule. So, and I want to tell you something, Simon. You know me. You know what my preferences are with wine. 
So you're probably saying to yourself, yep. there's, there's no way Nahum enjoyed that wine. It was fantastic. It was just, I don't know. I don't know if you ever had it, but it, it was just fantastic. I, I have tasted it. And, uh, and yes, you're, you're coming along, Nahum. You're really becoming, you're really appreciating good wine. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Influence of people like yourself. Simon Jacob with us live from Jerusalem. You know, one of the themes has been, Simon, and when I get to Israel, I'm sure you and I will discuss this again because we're going to be at that point, at the very end of this very aggressive campaign to get to our special goal. Um, the theme is 40 years. The theme, I mean, the war, obviously, thank God we've been able to bridge the gap between Israel and the diaspora during the last two months, and I think that's very, very important, and I'm, and I'm thrilled when people note that, and it's certainly a reason to keep us going and for people to financially support us. But it's also 40 years, Simon. You remember the days in New Jersey when you first discovered this radio show. And to think that it's going on every single day since then, it must be almost impossible for you to believe, frankly. Honestly, I've said it one, I've said it before a number of times. I listened to, I think, the first and second show, and I thought, this guy's never going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I but was hopeless. Hashem, I was very, very wrong. I was very, very wrong. But I, I, I also want to tell you. I also want to tell you that you know you mentioned the winemaker in Susia. Right. Actually, there isn't a single winery in Israel, in Eretz Israel, that isn't suffering, um, either due to the lack of tourism or because of the war. Because there's so many people have been called up. And there isn't a single one that isn't uh, isn't really suffering. And anything anything um, Americans can do to help would be America would be awesome, absolutely awesome. Um, all you need to do is buy a single bottle of Israeli wine and put it on your table for Shabbat. It would be so incredibly meaningful and positive and helpful to well, Israel we right know, now. It would we, just be awesome. We know how right you are, and it doesn't matter how large or small the staff is at a winery. Everyone's having difficulties. The one, obviously, the, the reason I was attracted to this story was because uh, we're talking about somebody who it, it sounds like he's the only full-time person that deals with the winery. Yep. And obviously, without him there, it's very, very difficult. Uh, so, Simon, we're less than $1,400 away from today's goal. I hope that uh, you'll be able to influence some people to give and give generously. This is a, uh, as I always like to point out, uh, you always like to point out rightfully that uh, there wasn't much hope for me at the beginning. Thank God that wasn't true. <laughs> One of the things I like to point out, which is true, is that we are a proven commodity. Uh, we are we have proven that we will be here live, please God, every single day with important information, with great information, with um, uh, with great inspiration. And in addition to that, uh, you know, you know the feeling just when you see us come to Israel. Imagine, folks, all the institutions and all the individuals and all the families that are so glad when we represent thousands and thousands of Jews in the United States by going to Israel at a time like this to represent everybody. Simon, we talk about bridging the gap between Israel and the diaspora. With leaders like you, because you've been a Jewish Unity Initiative leader from the beginning, um, we take very seriously being on the spot and communicating back to the diaspora what's happening 
in Israel. And you could tell that story from that end. You know how meaningful it is when you see us there and you see us broadcasting with all the interesting conversations and with all the inspiration. You know, you're in, you're 100% right, Nahum. Um, not only is your information to the people in the United States uh, important, incredibly important, but your insights, because you're on the ground when you come here and you actually meet with people and see them. And the inspiration that people here receive from having you here and knowing that they're not alone is absolutely huge. You know, the, the goal for today is really a, a very, is not a significant amount of money. For all of the money that you have raised for so many organizations and so many people, and for all of the help that you've provided, I'm really asking people to, you know, reach in, even in today's crazy economy, which is much, much worse in Israel because of the war. Right to please try to give whatever you can and, uh, and really help us here. So I, and I thank any, any and everybody who contributes. And, uh, and Simon knows people in New Jersey, New York, England, Europe, Israel. If you're familiar with the Jacob family and you've been a beneficiary of their incredible hospitality and friendship, now's the time uh, to uh, to acknowledge that one of uh, Barry and Simon's favorite causes is us right here at JM in the AM. We're less than 1,400 away from today's goal, a couple of 360s, and we'll be right there. And I hope everybody goes right now to FJ before the weekly update, before one of the segments that everybody looks forward to every single week, right, which starts just a few minutes from now. I hope everyone goes to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and gives as much as possible. Uh, Simon, one last thing. Yes, one please. last thing. Shabbat Shalom Varach. I really want to wish you all a Shabbat Shalom Varach from Jerusalem. Shabbat Shalom Varach. Can't wait to see you, Simon. And God bless you and have a wonderful Shabbat. There he is, Simon Jacob. Folks, it's that time of year. It's that time of year. We've been raising a lot of money over the last couple of months for really important causes, and we are thrilled that we're able to do it, and it will continue. Certainly when it comes to the Israeli causes, it'll continue. Um, right now, we need your help. Say to me, Nachum, keep going and keep going strong. How do you do that? By going to fjbunity.org. We're less than $1,400 away from, uh, we're literally, we're literally four pledges, four donations of 360 away from our goal for today. 360. Autographed copy of the brand new book, which is coming out in 2024. And the and the feeling and the knowledge that you are a real backbone of support for our network. Please give. Please give generously. FJBunity.org. Give the 360. If you and three colleagues give 360, we're at today's goal. And that would be honestly phenomenal. More coming up. Weekly update and more if you keep it here at JM in the AM.
Scotty Fuchs and Manucha here at JM in the AM. Well, <laughs> as usual, our listeners come through, as usual. Big thank you to uh, Sanford Jacobs, a four times high donation. Big thank you to Joshua Steiner, a 20 times high donation. One of the 360s that I was hoping for and asking for. We have now exceeded 35,000, which means if someone in theory would give 1,000 right now, at fjbunity.org in honor of the weekly update. If someone would give a 1,000 right now, we'd be at today's goal, which is amazing because we have a five-week five projection here, and this is week number one. And we want week number one to achieve its hurdle, its goal, its benchmark, its uh, you know, the bar that we've set for it, and that's $36,000. And right now we're about $950 away. So if you've been thinking about giving 360 and there are two of you out there like that, do me a favor and do it now. <laughs> that will be amazing. And we'll easily get to our goal by the end of today's show. And we have the weekly update coming up. I know a lot of people are anxious to hear it, uh, as am I, of course. I'm anxious to be part of it. And uh, those of you out there who are... Uh, um, those of you out there who are... 
at your computer, at your phone. Go to fjbunity.org. Again, fjbunity.org. And be as generous as you can. fjbunity.org. fjbunity.org. More coming up, including the weekly update, JM in the AM. Shabbat album with Anim Zmirot. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, candlelighting in New York, 409. Wow. 409. That is early. We're a week away from Shabbos Hanukkah. 
When will people be lighting candles? Hanukkah candles, that is, next Friday. Pretty early, I would guess. Uh, 409 officially for uh, Shabbos candles for later today in the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are, after all. It's a short day. You want to make sure to have plenty of time for what you need to take care of before Shabbos, of course. Uh, We are um, under $1,000 away from today's goal. We have five Fridays in the month of December for our year-end campaign. Five Fridays. We have today. The goal is $36,000. we are already over $35,000. Go to fjbunity.org. If you're anxious to hear the weekly update, that's something to donate in honor of. Go to fjbunity.org right now. A couple of 360s will be at the goal. Next Friday will be Hanukkah, the first day of Hanukkah. The next Friday will be Zos Hanukkah, the eighth day of Hanukkah. The next Friday will be a fast day of Asar Bateves. And then, of course, the final Friday of the month will be our finale from Jerusalem. Help us get to our goal every single week. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Don't forget our friends at jewishworldreview.com. Jewishworldreview.com has thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world, which you can print out before Shabbos and become even more educated about this amazing world of ours. Go to jewishworldreview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays at this time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Mr. Siegel. It's good to be with you. (laughs) We're being very formal this morning with the upcoming holiday looming. Um, So we'll start on this side of the world because too many people are asking me for your reaction. Uh, Your reaction when an Orthodox Jewish teacher at a public high school in New York uh, who went to the rally in Washington, the rally that you coordinated, uh, goes ahead and has to hide in her office and barricade herself because thousands of students are demonstrating against Israel and pro-Palestine. Your reaction? Well, I think it's indicative of a broader malaise in society, not just here in New York, nation and worldwide. Uh, As you know, we've talked about it on this program for 20 years, 15 years, warning about it, which many people didn't like. They didn't want to be told about the looming dangers of of Jew hatred in in America. And now you see how it is manifest, not just in this one public school uh, instance, and Teaneck High School had a walkout last Friday, this past week, um, sanctioned, meaning approved by the Board of Education there. Uh, the This is happening on, in schools across the country. We saw it on campuses, but somehow people give it a buy. They say, you know, they, they expect activism and some rebellion when students are on campus. But now they see it in the high schools and it gets younger and younger yeah. uh, in terms of the appeal. And the statistics show that support for Israel remains very high amongst the American people as a whole, amongst older people, 80 percent. But when you get down to Gen Z and Generation Z and others, the numbers turn to reverse, meaning a higher negative than positive, and that they buy into lies, even though they recognize that it was a terrorist attack on, on October 7th, that they they don't believe Israel right and want to see Israel stop fighting right away. That's a, It's a failure uh, overall, and the media is the failure by distorting and misrepresenting what is happening. Malcolm, um, 
the impression is, and you know, I mean, I see this in Manhattan all the time. I'm assuming it's similar in Brooklyn. Uh, when when there's any type of threat or when the police and anti-terrorism units want to give the Jewish community, you know, some comfort that they're being protected, uh, you know the scene, at least at where I am, it's like this. We're talking about, you know, three, four, five emergency vehicles with massive uh, um, uh, protective gear on each one of the officers and some of them carrying machine guns. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. When it comes to this threat, this and I could be imagining this, but I need your opinion. When it comes to this threat this week that the pro-Palestinian uh, groups are going to rally and try to disturb the lighting of the Christmas tree in New York, and I'm not even going to get into telling the listeners worldwide how significant an event that is in New York. You know, it's like it's like uh, you know, for for everybody involved who takes it seriously, it's a it's a pretty distinguished event, and it looked like that the that they had very little protection, even for themselves, the police against mobs like that. Wouldn't that be the time? to come out in full force with the vehicles that I described and the type of protection, uh, the body gear that the anti-terrorism units uh, you know, usually wear. It looks to me like it's a very weak response and that they're allowing the mobs to take over the city in these major events. Well, first of all, you're right because they had advance notice that this was going to take place. The, the mobilization for it was public and the calls for people to participate so they certainly knew that it was coming. I don't think that they, uh, I do think that they, the police um, did mobilize manpower to be there. And you saw it when the confrontation came. I don't think that they thought they would actually rush the tree itself and pose the threat. Although there's every reason to believe that there are no limits, that they will go as far as, as they are allowed. And they knew that they had a, a, an international platform as you said, people outside don't realize the significance and how what a tourist attraction and how many people stand the whole day waiting for it and, and uh, even come to New York just for it. Right. The, the, the response there, but in, in many instances when there were announced demonstrations and then they attacked police cars, they attacked police, and in this case, uh, open confrontation with them. And the police in the end did respond uh, more strongly and did it make some arrests. But when you see the movies of it, you you certainly have to raise the question about um, about the preparation. But you know, you have manpower shortages. The the yep. uh, police department is shrinking, and they do. We want them everywhere, and, uh, and there's only a limit to how many places they can respond to at one time. And you have to shift then the, pe- the personnel from from location to location. People don't even realize that. It's such a numbers game. There are precincts that had officers in the hundreds a few years ago that now you know have half that number or even less than that. And we don't realize that, but of course, it's a numbers game. And you've always warned us that, any, that Europe is always the precursor. We've seen how monuments and statues and significant things to the, to the uh, greater European community have been disgraced, have been, uh, have, have been um, 
uh, uh, defaced and uh, unfortunately, you know, doesn't get much of a reaction. And, uh, uh, and I, I guess the same thing is just going to be happening here in New York, whether it's a New York public library or statues around town or events that are significant to the greater population that, you know, uh, that, that, that established these events decades ago. I, I guess we have to come to the real reality and the realization that it's going to be just like Europe and, and most of this stuff's going to be ignored and, uh, and there's not going to be uh, much, uh, uh, action to uh, to uh, deter this type of activity. And until the populace as a whole demands and, and makes it clear to some of the officials who still uh, sit in city council, sit in other places and defend and, uh, and you don't give the resources to the police department, the, the, the problem is only going to be compounded. This movement is not going to go away. If there was a ceasefire tomorrow, that is not going to disappear. There was a ceasefire, as we say, on October 6th. That did not solve, the, didn't reduce the anti-Israel activity and uh, things which pre which preceded the Israel's response. And any country in the world would take a much harsher response than Israel did to such a, a blasphemous attack. And people buy into the numbers. We have to remember that it's it's Hamas's health department giving out these numbers. Yeah. That that. You know what, but our voices have to be heard. We have to be sustained in our efforts to, to let members of Congress know there was a vote of on a resolution supporting Israel against Hamas of 414 to two. And today was one uh, and um, and Messi, a Republican, actually, who the other one. But 414 members of, of the House out of 435 members voted for it. So we have the support still and the polls. The American people, but we have to be visible in letting members of Congress know. Uh, you know, you have people like Dan Goldman, who's really stood up and courageous, and he has uh, certain constituencies that are very much opposed to this position. All members of Congress have to hear from their constituents. They, there, there are now new sites that next week is a week of activism to get people to write to members of Congress to support the aid bill to Israel, which is so vital, is expending fortunes billions of dollars on this war already, perhaps half of its GDP uh, goes domestic product. So the, the necessity for people, when they're called to come to the streets, when they're called to write their congressmen, contact their congressmen, those who have links to them, those who help with fundraising, and we have to show them we appreciate it, we sustain it, because they're certainly hearing it. One last thing on this issue here with the Hillcrest High School. I, I would have liked to have seen the chancellor of the New York City public school system be a little bit stronger against those who uh, went ahead and, uh, and rioted. Uh, it seems like he and other public officials are just pandering or have no choice but to pander to certain groups that are so dominant right now uh, in the streets of New York and in places like the New York City public school system. Well, I hear from public school teachers all the time, Jewish public school teachers, and and by the way, many non-Jews are very concerned, and they see this the tip of the iceberg. They see the the culture that is being developed. It's it's many world culture, the DIA, the, all of the DEI, all of the special programming and ethnic studies that that is breeding this kind of divisiveness, and that the the, the schools across the board principals are afraid to take a stand, even if they acknowledge it, or some of them actually agree with the, with the demonstrators that the, they don't take a clear stand in the, and if they feel that they can rule the, the roots, that they can do what they want, that they can walk out on 
you know, manifested in, in the ways they want. This is only going to grow. It's not going to, you can't put this genie back in the bottle afterwards. And I, I, people who, who are employed at the Teaneck High School, I mean, the, 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 it was heartbreaking to hear their concern. And and uh, the, the, I know the city council, I know many people there got involved and they tried to counter it. Uh, even the governor was approached other people, but it, it's really a local decision. And if the, if the principal and the school board and the board of education approve of these things or or don't strongly disapprove, then we're going to just see this cancer grow. And we have to change the curricula. We have to change the, the atmosphere on our campuses and in our schools, because that's in very short years, they will be ruling the roost. In Europe, uh, any attempt to get rid of the cancer does not have seemed to work. Do you think it can work here? America is still somewhat different, but you know, if people point to the to the unbridled immigration. They point to all sorts of other uh, causes and concerns that that are raised. This is not just one narrow, isolated uh, pill that you can take that will cure it. Europe, you see the the election of uh, or, or the victory of uh, builders in in Netherlands is is a reaction in in, in a liberal society like Holland, generally mm-hmm. liberal. Uh, and the elections that took place elsewhere, people are um, manifesting at the ballot box their concern. But Europe, frankly, the, the demographic numbers in Europe do not bode well for the future. I mean, there, there, you know, once you reach critical point, you then just by virtue of the birth rate and continued immigration, it's an inevitable outcome. Yeah, it's all a numbers game. Just took a lot of people a lot of time to realize it. Um, okay, to the situation in Israel, especially, uh, we'll try to cover everything, but we got to talk about the hostages for a moment. Um, give me your perspective. For number one, do we have an updated number in terms of how many hostages have been released? And what do we make of the reports that some hostages may not be alive at this point anymore? Do we have any proof that what Hamas is saying in that regard is true? And, and lastly, or thirdly, it, it is a great concern, it seems, in Israel that, that you know, while this group of hostages, thank God, was released, others, um, it, may, it may not be known where they are, even by the enemy at this point. And some of them, they know where they are, and they're hundreds of miles away from where they were originally captured. What could you tell us about the hostage situation today? So, the... Um about how many are dead and how many are alive is is really unknown. We know, and I'm sure that they're getting a lot of information from the people who came out. Remember, many of them were children, but they saw things and, and people should not be fooled. And I'm sure this audience isn't uh, by the smiling faces or the waving uh, when you hear about the real uh, suffering that they endured in in, in these places, uh, the eighty uh, four year old woman who was forced to lay on the on a floor for the entire time and was um, not given treatment and came he came to Israel literally in a, in a very precarious state. Thank God is is recuperating. That many of the young people, the youngsters, told about not being fed and being having one little bottle of water for two days and no showers for 51 days and, you know, having to to remain quiet so that the children now only talk in whispers, even to their own parents. The the um, 
uh, you know, so that we're glad for everyone that got out. We pray we and we have to continue to campaign for everyone that is uh, inside Gaza still. We don't know how many are alive. Uh, there's a lot of speculation, as you know. There was uh, there were several who were who were declared dead, and they they try to trade three of the bodies uh, instead of living uh, hostages. And also, the the Thai workers are uh, re- recounted how the Israelis men were beaten with electric cables and were tortured regularly, and the uh, they were not uh, treated the same way. But they 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 saw what was happening to the Israelis, especially those uh, in the military. Uh, and there are women also soldiers uh, amongst those who are being held. So the bottom line is they don't know where they are. They don't know how many are alive. I'm sure there's a lot more intelligence now about this and that during the law, they were able to uh, get additional information. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can't trust anything that the other side says. They, they said that people who were dead, children who were dead, turned up alive. And an elderly woman was also, uh, they reported that she was dead. So we can't, um, you can't trust anything that they say on this. What about those who might be hundreds of miles away? Is it, is it true that there are some who could be held in Lebanon or other countries at this point? I don't know in other countries. They did give some to other groups like PFLP and others uh, probably uh, so that they could have deniability and say that they don't control them. But to have smuggled them out of the country, is it uh, physically possible? Yes. But I have not heard anybody confirm that uh, that that was um, uh, that that was the case. Uh, you know that the 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 violence has continued. That we we saw the attacks last night and today. Yep. That the the the, the uh, and Israel has really worked hard. You know they arrested two thousand people. And if you remember, I made this point early on that it was the arrests that they made in places like Janine that prevented the the Yudin Shamron, the West Bank, from becoming another full front. It is a front. They still have to devote manpower to it. But they've arrested 2,000 Hamas members. These are not innocent people. They're all Hamas members who were participated in, uh, in deadly attacks, but they captured enormous amount of weapons and the, and the factories for them in Janine, in Tukaram, in other places. So the... Um, we know that that would have been a front that would have forced the diversion of a lot of troops. We're seeing now, by the way, a more heated response from the north, from Lebanon, Hezbollah, even this morning against Israel. Are we back at full-scale war? Is Israel uh, now at the level they were a few days ago, now that the hostage negotiations have ceased for a while? We are back at the full scale in terms of aerial bombings of, of various locations. The uh, you know the United States and others are putting a lot of pressure on Israel to cut back the civilian casualties. Israel has always gone the extra mile or hundred miles to prevent civilian casualties, and the, the as they said, every one of these cases uh, and every one of the people who has been hurt. Is on is a chesed of of uh, of uh, Hamas, not of Israel, because they use them as human shields, and we know that that is very important that people remember it when they hear the numbers, and that you cannot believe uh, the numbers. You will see that Israel does not have a lot of time, and therefore, I think 
will have to move harder and faster in uh, to achieve its goal of eradicating the Hamas infrastructure. They will not eliminate all the Hamas fighters. They will not be able to remove all of them. Hopefully they will get the leadership and that will help bring a beginning to a final conclusion. You know what's interesting? The the the, few, the, the small number, I don't even know if it's more than one, of American citizens that have been released in the hostage deals. Are, are, um, are Americans even more valuable to the enemy than the Israeli hostages are? Well, they are because it's an added bit of leverage. But I think there was more than one. There was uh, the little girl. Uh, uh, Aiden, and I think there was, uh, but but the majority of them, I think, still remain in in uh, Hamas hands, and the United States is uh, using its leverage. It's interesting that the Thai government was successful in getting all the Thai workers, I know, twenty four of them out, and uh, the and Putin was able to get some of the uh, uh, Russians, uh, Russian Russian Israelis. Uh, Jewish, who who um, uh, there was only a couple, but he got, but they were released. So United States pressure can work both ways. It either can raise the price on their heads, or uh, facilitate their ultimate delivery. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemSegal.com, on the AlchemSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. I want to thank those who are giving to our campaign. I noticed that we are literally $500 away from our goal for today. So anybody out there who's been thinking about supporting our year-end campaign, now is a good time, especially in honor of the weekly update that we present. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. So Malcolm, you'll appreciate this. Um, (laughs) my mother, who, you know, was a German refugee and came to the United States as a teen, had a special affinity for Henry Kissinger. And I have a feeling, (laughs) I have a feeling that people in your family as well, because of your background probably did as well. Am I right about that? That they were, uh, they, they took a special pride in him, that he came as a refugee from Germany and uh, ended up becoming a prominent member of so many United States administrations. I would say a special interest. I don't know if pride all the time uh, was the right word, I was actually very close to him and you know, Henry and me were very, very good friends. <laughs> and he, he um, and, and, and for years, you know, I would, he came from Furt, which is not far from where my father came from. And my aunt was the closest friend of his mother. And he would not talk about it with me. He, he would, as soon as I would raise any of these issues, in the early years, he would shut the, the conversation, go to something else. And then suddenly, one time I was in in the watching uh, exhibition game of Manchester United at the Giant Stadium, and I was sitting between him and Pele, interpreting for them. Pele didn't understand the word he said, and he didn't understand the word that Pele said. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm so like I'm flipping my head back and forth. It was a tennis match, and 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 suddenly he started talking to me about about Furt, about, you know, his youth. And, you know, he was a member of Aguda as a kid. And and from then on, it was like a totally different relationship. And when I did the book on on the pogromnacht about the about the synagogues destroyed of Kristallnacht, and I told him, I mentioned it to him, because we used to have these uh, four times a year breakfast with him. Uh, and 
and he said, oh, bring it, bring me a copy, and I went to the car, I actually had one, I brought it, he didn't even, I didn't even walk in the door, he grabbed this for me, gave it to his security guard, and said, put this in the car, don't put it right away in the car, and and he actually read it afterwards, huh. and so he, he did go through a transformation, I think, and, um, and you know, in later years, he was very pro-Israel, was an important voice for the pro-Israel cause, we did fight very much. Thank God I didn't remember it in the later years, but on Jackson Bank, we were actually on opposite sides. He was Senator against Jackson, it? And he was with President Nixon, who were very much against it. First of all, they, it was on presidential prerogative issues and on other issues it was because he didn't want Soviet Jews out, but it wow. was uh, on political grounds and other grounds. And... Um, and he was very adamantly, as was President Nixon, against it. We were very adamantly for it. Um, and so it, the, the, the history is a very uh, checkered one. People, it certainly was a brilliant analyst and observer of, uh, of the world and uh, functioned until the last year or two really fully. Well, I know that my uh, mother took great pride in uh, in his achievements because I know how devastated she was when he intermarried. That was one, that was one thing that right. she never <laughs> ever forgave him for. Which uh, you know, again, in that generation, not that that we would look at it much differently today. But you get my point. How devastating that was for somebody who had a shared history with him, and they went ahead. It was also a sign of hope that somebody with his accent could rise <laughs> to the top level. That gave hope to a lot of other people who had strong. <laughs> So in the end, in all seriousness, right, in the end, was better for Israel that he was in the White House or it would have probably been better if he was not? You'll get a lot of uh, different viewpoints on it. I think overall, if you, if you look at the total career, that it was a net positive. And uh, I mean, he, he will defend what he did in those years and put it in the context of being supportive of Israel. Uh, I think I know I heard from Senator Jackson and others, you know, what really took place on uh, the Kippur War and the shipments and the fights that took place or other times. Um, and the most famous line about uh, that Golda, when he said to Golda, you know, I'm an American, I'm Secretary of State, and I'm a Jew. And she said, we read right to left. Right. Uh, and, you're a Jew uh, first, right? You're a Jew first. Wow. Oh, what a great memory. That is phenomenal. Henry Kissinger, everybody, gone at the age of 100, certainly an important figure in the last uh, uh, many, many years when it comes to uh, world politics. What do you think of uh, Chuck Schumer's address about anti-Semitism this week? I thought he was unbelievably effective. It was very moving in the fact that, that you know, this film was shown that shows some of the atrocities that took place and that... Um, Many senators walked out crying. Some some could not sit through the whole thing. And many others said, this is what we need to show the world, what really happened. You know, they show, they show other things that, that really took place. Because now you see all the revisionist history about what took place. People forget that there was, a, you know, a vicious terrorist attack and they're trying to shift the blame and saying that Israelis knew before, didn't know before. Uh, you know, those are things that, that can be dealt with later. Uh, right now, we, we have to focus on the united effort and support for for government, for the army, for the, all the forces of the Shibet, the Mossad, everybody who's who's putting their lives on the line now 
to defeat the enemy. But I thought that uh, Senator Schumer was very moved and, you know, he went to his office afterwards for half an hour and then announced that he was going to give this speech. It was clearly something that they had uh, he had thought through and, and uh, made many points about the, the danger of anti-Semitism. Uh, it's, it's the first time that I think a speech like that was given. Uh, and um, and clearly he was he was very emotional and, and moved by it. Yeah, he did a good job. Yesterday, the Secretary of State was in Israel. What timing, huh? Just as the war is scheduled to begin again. And now, as you said, we're back at uh, close to, if not full-scale war. Uh, he's putting pressure about uh, uh, an eventual ceasefire. Uh, he's putting pressure about the uh, civilian casualties. I'm assuming that with the election looming, right, it's 11 months until the presidential election, and with a constituency that the President of the United States has to be very concerned about, I'm assuming this pressure on Israel, especially about civilian casualties, is just going to get stronger and stronger. What do you think? Well, I think that it is already getting stronger and stronger, and also it'll get stronger from other countries. Um and pressure on the president, it comes domestically, but not just from the voters. It's <clears throat> within his own administration. There are many who seem to favor uh, a less pro-Israel policy than has been pursued. And I don't think it's a coincidence about when the secretary of state gets to the country. I mean, he made statements which you have to think about how do the Arabs and the, the other countries interpret what he says? Is it a backing off from Israel? And they measure that because they're, they're not going to go further than the United States. And if they feel that the U.S. in any way is, is diminishing support, we still have the aircraft carriers there. You see American ships shooting down the Houthi uh, rockets, um, which are very important. And some that came within 1,500 yards of uh, an Iranian drone of, of the USS uh, Dwight Eisenhower, and against the the USS Mason. These are ships that are in the Persian Gulf. And, you know, they they took down yesterday, I think, five uh, drones, and many of them are carrying heavy payloads that if they make it to a lot, would do a lot of damage or to other places, and let alone if they hit an American ship. And the Houthis seem to be able to act with impunity. I mean, they, they seize the ship, they hold it, and uh, there has to be, uh, uh, I think, American policy has to be re-examined when there's been more than 60 attacks against U.S. forces in Syria and Iraq. And we responded three or four times, and most times with very limited response. All of these things send messages. I'm not saying America should go to war, in an all-out war over at this point, but there has to be a strong sense that they should not feel that they can attack American troops, U.S. interests, and a lot of that depends on the message that they get from Americans standing with Israel. I'm not saying that they can't be critical if they think something serves a criticism. Most Israelis are critical, so I guess America could be. But the <laughs> the but the but the need to 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 have that strong image and and the strong stand in support of Israel. Uh, others will take advantage of it if they and if they America sets the standard. And that is because of the close relationship, and, and America has been uh, forceful, and administration is supporting the $14 billion for Israel. It's entangled, unfortunately, with, Iran, with aid to, to Ukraine and with border policy and with other things. Uh, but support for the—the the only reason the bill will pass ultimately is, is because of the aid. Is because of he got cut off. The only reason it'll pass the is aid be, to Israel. Because of the aid to Israel. 
Um, I, I know that you, as you've said many times over the last few weeks, now's not the time to examine the events of October the 7th vis-a-vis Israeli officials, but there are some resignations or threatened uh, resignations that are uh, happening in the aftermath of uh, some of the intelligence reports about that day. At, at what point is there going to be a shift in the Israeli government? In other words, if, 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 if people are you know, resigned to the fact that there, there is not going to be any movement in going to elections or you know, showing any type of disunity among the government during wartime, I mean, this war could, God forbid, go on for a while. Should we expect that until a true end of war ceasefire happens that this will be the Israeli administration? Do you think people will lose patience and at some point, you know, call for new elections, even if the war continues? Well, I don't think that there's uh, an appetite right now to to drop the government. I think the fact that uh, Benny Gantz is in the government has helped stabilize the, the situation. Uh, there is a lot of talk about what the who could be the next leader. Everybody's speculating about it. Everybody, there's a lot of jockeying within Likud, within the other parties, between the parties about what what could emerge. There is no one figure that is a consensus that seems to be consensus at least to 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 be the to be able to to lead the next government. Many think that there has to be a clean sweep, that the, the entire generation now, that they, they want to see younger people, new people. Uh, I don't think that that will be, be the response. I think with the revelations that come out, will, all of which will, will, will uh, uh, an impact. And you know that the release of, of these prisoners from by Israel, as necessary as it is to get the, the hostages, you know that, that the majority of them... Uh, have been uh, held for violent crimes right. and, and attempted murder others for uh, you know serious bodily harm and uh, the the um, if the steps if the, if the outcome of the war is very successful that will change the mood or diminish it it will not perhaps save you know Netanyahu in the long term uh, but the, the the anger in the country has been uh, subverted to the uh, unity and which continues and continues and the sense of dedication amongst the hundreds of thousands of troops but they will come home and i think they will determine the outcome of the next election and that they will they will look for a leader uh, given their experience and everything that that um, will provide security for the future you know that I think it's important to remember the broader ramifications. Hamas is not just the local organization. They have worldwide interests, and we could should be shutting down. The West should be shutting down all of their economic interests in the Gulf, in Africa, in Turkey, in, in uh, Sudan, and, and many other places. And the UK is sending, you know, um, uh, sending over uh, new uh, ships. The uh, uh, I think it's the HMS Diamond to the Gulf because of of what the the Houthis are doing. That they understand that that you're you're um, inviting now Somali pirates and others. So there are manifestations of this conflict that are, are global and are going to continue to increase. So this is it's not just a localized uh, thing for Israel. It's very local for Israel. It's the it's the hostages whose face will remain in front of everybody. The two little redheads. Yeah. I mean, I, I get I get from members of Congress, from uh, public officials, uh, public personalities here who tell me that the, it's in the front of them all the time. They think of those two little kids, <sighs> yeah. as do I, and as does I, 
everybody, not just them, but all of the people that, so the, the trend, what, what will happen afterwards, it's going to be very hard to predict how big the anger will be, um, uh, what the accountability, but I think that it's not likely that Netanyahu right now would get real up. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, quite obvious. Uh, people are going to ask me all week how they can you know, uh, take advantage of a call to action uh, to members of Congress, uh, etc. Does APAC or anybody else have a website or contact information where people can, you know, find a, a, a short statement that they could say to their uh, local members of government and uh, and show support to those who are supporting Israel? Anywhere that you could point us to that would help people uh, who want to get on the phone and want to go to their email and contact representatives? Yes, I'm going to give you, um, there is a website, um, which if I don't find, we will... We will right, you'll forward it to me. Uh, we will we'll forward it to you, but there is a website that's going to go up uh, this weekend, which will be populated. People can go just go to it and get automatically their member of Congress. Uh, I think uh, here it's uh, org forward slash COP. One more time, w- because you keep I'm getting... give it to you. Keep dropping www.call for Israel, one word, call for Israel.org forward slash COP, conference president, COP. And then you will get the name of the member of Congress. The messages will all be populated in that site. And it should be ready, I think, Sunday or Monday. All right. And hopefully people will respond because we've been told, and I'm sure you've gotten the same emails that I've gotten about the hundreds, if not thousands of people on the other side who are inundating congressional offices and other public officials uh, with calls for ceasefire and sympathy for the Palestinians, et cetera, et cetera. We need to really step up our game. Absolutely. And and we take for granted the, the, the members are supportive, but their staffs and others, you know, are not necessarily, and they point to the to the imbalance of, of responses. Yeah. They know that the, that those are generated. The other side, it's it's an automatic, but they've been well organized, and and it's a message to us to see how they how they are able to get their signs everywhere, how they're able to to get crowds wherever they want them, even if they're not huge numbers. And at times, they are huge numbers, and so we have to be able to be ready. And when we people call for a demonstration if they call for other events that people have to turn out this is it's so serious a time and and you know the escalation of violence and the the broader nature of the attacks and how many incidents there are every day in uh, anti-semitic incidents so the confluence of all of these things really puts the onus on us to to be more responsive more active to educate our young people to have the schools our yeshivas our, our jewish schools our those uh, organizations that service young people and especially stand with those who are on campus and do much more for them. Malcolm, next week when we speak, it'll be Hanukkah. Let, let's continue to pray for a Hanukkah miracle. I'd l- love to get on the air next week and discuss how all the hostages were released safely and soundly. Please, God. Alibi. Let's pray for it. And let's hope that uh, the next when we wake up in the next morning, they'll be home and that Israel will have succeeded in finding them and uh, and releasing them. Amen. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. And I recommended that people give to our campaign in honor of the weekly update. And sure enough, as always, our listeners have come through. It's amazing. 
It's amazing I didn't have to go past 9 o'clock this morning in order to get to today's goal. Uh, when we started this morning, I said that uh, we really can get to 36,000, and some people were like, what? How are you going to get to 36,000? Because remember, there are five Fridays in December, and each week we're going to try to get to the next goal till we get to our eventual goal uh, during the finale four weeks from today. So we set 36,000 as the goal for this week. So thank you to uh, Edward Parver, and he says, Mazel Tov and all your great work for your 10 times high donation. And thank you to Hillel Gersh, who donated a memory of the art site of Rose Gersh. And thank you to Shmuley and Cyril Goldman with prayers that you announce Shalom Yisrael with the coming of Mashiach now. And thank you to Josh Steiner for 20 times high. And thank you to our very own Avrami Finkelstein and his wonderful family, Toby, and their children who have donated. <laughs> wow. Avrami, you don't have to donate, but that's really nice. We're donating in honor of Nahum Siegel, who continues to enthusiastically support our living in Israel. And Rabbi Yigal Siegel, who's making Aliyah 18 years ago, set in motion our being able to live in the Holy Land today. Wow. Shabbat Shalom and Chanukah Sameach. Oh, my gosh. Avraham, I got to bring, now I have to bring upgraded Hanukkah presents for your kids <laughs> when I get there after Hanukkah. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Anna and Mark Freilich, uh, they, they took me seriously when I said, give 20 times high, you will get to our goal. They gave 20 times high, and guess what, folks? We're at our goal. Our good friend Marvin Rosenzweig, 10 times high, in honor of the wonderful Dr. Gurak interview yesterday. Thank you. Very much, Marvin. That conversation about Marty Glickman was a lot of fun and very educational. And Anonymous gave $5, and you add it all together, and guess what? Our goal for today was $36,000. We are at $36,004. Thank you. Thank you. It's on to the next goal. It's going to be a rough month, everybody. You're going to be hearing a lot about our goals over the next four weeks. But it's on to our next goal, please, God. And over the weekend, please tell your family and friends that there is an amazing end-of-year uh, project to support, and that's us at JM and AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, a proven commodity after 40 years, uh, live every single day with amazing programming each day, including this weekend, where Avrami is going to be hosting a show tomorrow night with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler, with Matis Sunday morning, with JM Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, all day today. Kedem presents the Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek at 10 a.m., and of course, our Erev Shabbos music mix in the final hour. We've got a lot going on here constantly. Please give and please support this cause and make it a really great 40th anniversary campaign. FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org. Please recommend our cause and our work to your friends and relatives. This time each every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudit, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayishlach. Parshas Vayishlach, first of all, according to the Chinuch, contains a one of the Tariag mitzvos, namely the third mitzvah in the book of Bereshis, the prohibition of eating the Giranosha the sciatic nerve. There are in total three mitzvos in the book of Bereshis, and really we have to ask ourselves if the Torah is our constitution whereby we have a total 
of 613 mitzvos. So why do we need a book which has a total of 50 chapters in it and only three commandments in all 50 chapters? In Bereshis, you have the mitzvah of Pruervu, to have children. In Lech Lecha, you have the mitzvah of Prismila, circumcision. And in this week's parsha of Vayishlach, we have the third mitzvah of the prohibition of eating the Giranasha. So you have to ask yourself, why 50 chapters? and only three mitzvos. And the answer is, number one, Derech Eretz Kodmola Torah, that before we receive the Torah, we have to have refined character, but most important, we have to remember, there is no such thing as a Bible story. There are only Bible lessons. And so, why is it that the Torah tells us in this week's parsha the fact that Yaakov was mugged? And as a result of his being mugged, we are taught that Yaakov was hit in the area of his hip socket, and Yaakov was limping after this incident and therefore the Torah teaches al Yisrael is Gid therefore the Jewish people are not to eat the sciatic nerve found in the animal now let's try to ask ourselves why the Torah prohibits our eating the Giranasha, what might be the lesson that we are to learn therefrom? So the Chizkuni, in his commentary, tells us the incident of Yaakov being attacked is preceded with the three words of Vayivoser Yaakov Levado. Yaakov was left alone. And this is a kind of accusative finger to Yaakov's 11 sons and one daughter. How dare you leave a father alone? And as a result of their leaving him alone, he was attacked. And the rest, as we say, is history. Therefore, this is a kind of knas. Knas meaning a penalty to the Jewish people for having left their father alone and a very powerful lesson for future generations, be it specifically regarding kibbut av, how children have to go out of their way to protect their father and mother, and on the other hand, we extrapolate that it's not only our father, but we are to be there 
for one another as well. This is the commentary of the Chizkuni. However, the Sefer HaChinuch has a very different take on this incident. Now, let's take a step back and ask ourselves, who is this uh, Ish, this man who wrestles with Yaakov Avinu? And the rabbis tell us, and as the Sefer HaChinuch says, that we have Bekabalah, we have a tradition part of the oral law, that this was none other than the Tsar of Esav. There is a guardian angel for each and every nation whose mission and purpose is to advocate on behalf of that nation before God. There is only one people, one nation that does not have its guardian angel, and that is Yisrael, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'chvodo God, literally himself, as, as he tells Yaakov when he has the dream of the ladder on the ground, and Rosho Shamayim reaching heavenward, and the angels are ascending and descending. However, Hashem says to Yaakov, Hinei Anochi Imbach, I am with you. Okay, so now what's happening here? Says the Sefer HaChinuch, really building upon the Ramban. The Ramban says that when the Torah says this angel fought with Yaakov ad alos hashachar until the rise of dawn meaning all night what does the term night signify night signifies darkness and the period of golos the period of exile that throughout the exile Esau fights with Yaakov. Now, what does that mean? Yaakov is hit in the hip area, says the Ramban, near the organ of procreation, showing us that Yaakov is going to be attacked in one of two ways. As he himself prays to Hashem before the actual meeting with his brother Esau, Hashem, please save me, Miyad Ochi, Miyad Esau, save me from my brother, from Esau. Now wait a second. We know that Yaakov only has one brother, and we know there are no extra words in the Torah. The Torah could have said one of the two. Save me from my brother, save me from Esau. Why does it have to say both, save me from my brother and from Esau? Says the Beis HaLevi so sharply. Yaakov 
the Torah is telling us was afraid of two different opposite phenomena. He was afraid lest Esau try to act towards him as a brother. Let's live together. Let's live harmoniously. In which case, Oigavaut, what emerges therefrom, Loaleinu, is, as we see in America and throughout the world today, horrific rates of assimilation and intermarriage. That's one form of fear that he has of Esau. And the other form is Mead Esau, that Esau is going to try to persecute, to kill me, as indeed we recite every year at the Pesach Seder, in every generation, they try to literally destroy us, as we see literally happening today. It's Hashem who saves us from their hands. What is the take of the Sefer HaChinuch on this uh, happening, on this incident? He says, take a look everybody. Yaakov emerges from this encounter with Esau almost completely intact. We know he's limping, and even that, we'll see in a moment, is healed shortly thereafter when the Torah tells us that Hashem caused the sun, Marpe, therefore, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought the sun to heal Yaakov, Yisrach Lo Hashemesh, so we are to learn from this, what happened to our forefathers is important for the future, that as Yaakov survived the Golos, as Yaakov survived the exile, as Yaakov survived the struggle with Esau, so too will we, the Jewish nation will prevail. Am Yisrael Chai, despite all the challenges that we've had over the centuries, we are still here and we are ever stronger. Whoa! So this concept says the Chinuch um, is to teach us just that, the immortality of Am Yisrael. It has a very positive message that Am Yisrael destroyed. Whoa! So Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zichetzadik Levracha, in his Sefer, Dorash Moshe, asks, isn't it strange? All the other commemorative acts of recalling the miracles of Jewish history are done with an action, positive. We eat matzah on the night of Pesach to remind ourselves how quickly Hashem extricated and took us out of Egypt. It's a positive thing that we do. We eat the matzah, we eat the maror to remind ourselves. Here, 
Is it not strange that we're abstaining from something by our not eating the Girat Nashe? This is to remind us of our success in the Golas, in the exile. And his answer for that is because after all is said and done, we don't want the Golas. We don't want an action to show our survival in the Golas, in the exile. We would so much prefer, as we say every day, in our Birkas HaShachar, at the conclusion, Al Tevienu, don't bring us Hashem, lowly day, Nisoyon. Don't bring us, please, to any kind of a test. Golas is a test, and we don't want to commemorate the, you know, the Golas. And therefore, we are told that, and I quote from the Sefer Achinoch, the descendants of Esau inflict pain and suffering on the descendants of Yaakov. But ultimately, Yaakov will be rescued from them, even as we find regarding Yaakov Avinu, the Torah says in this week's parsha. The sun shone for him, and he was delivered from the pain. So concludes the Chinuch, the son of the Mashiach will shine for us. He, the Mashiach, will heal us from our suffering and redeem us. Amen. Kein he Ratzon. Amen b'mehra b'amenu speedily in our days. And let's just conclude with one word. The Torah tells us when they do meet Yaakov and Esav, Vayishokeyu, Esav kissed Yaakov. And you'll note, in every Chomish, in every Torah, there's a dot over every letter in that word, Vayishokeyu. Now wait a second. There are less than a half a dozen places throughout the Torah that you have a dot over a letter. Why over here every letter? And so our rabbis tell us, and Rashi quotes this, number one, that A, some say that he did not kiss him with sincerity, and the other opinion is from Rav Shimon Bar Yochoi, Halachahi, it is an immutable law, and we see it, unfortunately, today throughout the world. Biodua, it is known, it's part of nature. She'esav sone liyakov, that Esav hates Yaakov. Here, nichmaru rachamav. Esav, for the moment, had a temporary change of heart, and therefore, in this moment, Nashko, he did kiss him, with sincerity and emotion. However, throughout history, as we see it today, literally, unfortunately, Esav sone Yaakov. Esav hates Yaakov. The last word, we yield to the Chinuch, whereby we are taught not only Am Yisrael Chai, but because we have the protection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
we are confident, we are positive, there will be a Mashiach to redeem us and to bring us to that time where, as we say in the Shema, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, and Rashi says, do you know what that means? Listen, listen carefully, Israel. Hashem, who is Elokeinu, right now, he's only the God of Israel. But the day is going to come, and we are promised by the Novi Zechariah, in this week's Haftorah, we are promised Uvadja, excuse me, both Zechariah and Uvadja, we are promised that one day Hashem will be recognized as the God of the entire world. The best is yet to come. Shabbat Shalom to all. Let's see, ladies, let's see, ladies,
J.M. in the A.M. Yonatan Razel Katonti. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, and this very first day of December, five Fridays in December, and each day we're going to have a goal to reach for our year-end campaign, and uh, I can't thank you enough. The listeners who came through today, amazing. Thank you. 18th of Kislev, a week from today, we'll be in the middle of, uh, well, not the middle, but the middle of the first day of Chanukah. Candle lighting at 4.09 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach. Tuesday night, we start to save the Saint Talumotar. Thursday night begins the holiday of Hanukkah. Um, so if we go to our donation page, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Thank you to Shlomo Kleinbart, three times high, says keep up the good work. Thank you to Risa Katsurin, took our plea seriously for the 20 times high. Thank you, Risa, $360. Thank you to Anonymous, who just gave $360. So we went through our goal, and we're almost at 37000 right now, and hopefully this time next Friday we'll be near the next goal, please God. Uh, I also wanted to mention those of you who want to give via Zelle, the Zelle address is uh, fjb5776 at gmail.com, fjb5776 at gmail.com. That's the Zelle address. Those of you who want to send an old-fashioned check, which is very much welcome, not making fun at all, just describing it so you know what I mean. If you want to send a check, it's uh, made payable to the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. And the Send to Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street. Again, 551 Grand Street, Suite Number 3, New York City, 1002. So it's 551 Grand Street, Suite Number 3, New York City, 1002. And that's the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. And thank you. Thank you to everybody. I'm so, I can't believe we made the goal today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Big thank you to Simon Jacob, who joined us earlier. Big thank you to Egal Siegel, who joined us earlier. And uh, we've got uh, we've got four weeks to go. we got four weeks to go. <laughs> A very lofty goal, one that will keep us going every single day of the year here. I mean, originally we were talking about, about extending this campaign past the 29th of December. I don't know. I'm so motivated right now. I think we're just going to. Try our hardest to get it all done the next few weeks. So next Friday, which is Hanukkah, and the following Friday, which is Zos Hanukkah, the last day of Hanukkah, and the following Friday, which is a fast day, Asar Bateves, and the um, last Friday, the 29th, which is our big finale day, we are going to try our best to set a goal for each one of those Fridays. And please, God, achieve the goal each and every time. That's our goal, to achieve the goal every time. <laughs> JM in the AM on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos with Baruch Levine. Shalom, 
Levine here at JM in the AM. A couple of comments from the app. I apologize we didn't get to everything. Uh, some people are talking about yesterday's interview with Dr. Gurak, which was so great, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, I loved hearing how today's goal was reached by a $5 donation. Thank you. That is, that is very nice. We'll get more Hanukkah music on, please God, next week, of course. Good luck on the campaign. Longtime fan in Jerusalem. Song request, Nochi Kronos Eshalom. I apologize for not getting to that. Good morning. It's my daughter's 18th birthday. She's our kiss slave baby. I'd like to dedicate the song Shine a Little Light in her honor and in honor of her people. I'm hosting her grade from YGW in Silver Spring. I'd like to also dedicate Mordechai Shapiro's One in a Million to these wonderful seniors. Good Shabbos and thanks for the great music always. I apologize for not getting to that. J.A. Mora. I apologize for that. Um, what else? Um, oh, and we had a note here from listener Cena overnight. You know, listener Cena's back at it, as they say. Uh, I got to find it. It was a note that came through overnight. Um, here it is. Happy birthday, she says. A uh, huge shout-out to my wonderful grandson, Shmuley Deitch of Miami Beach. Shmuley, it's great having you in Shandy Living Local. I love our get-togethers, especially Kosher Bagel Cove. Being your Shabbos guest is always a treat. You are still the host with the most. And the ambiance 
is always spot on. Wishing you a great day. Many more happy birthdays and good health. Till 120 with much love from Bubs. Tadarabah, have a great day. It's, of course, listener Cena down in Florida. Time to say good job is 409 Candle Lighting in New York at JM in the AM. Oh, it's time to say good job Cause all your work is done. Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One. Say a special blessing on a cup. That's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign Your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer there's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Rather with the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week here at JM and the M. A big thank you again to those who helped us get to our goal. Pretty amazing. Our goal for this week, 36,000. We are at 36,778 for our year-end campaign. Thanks to everybody who's sharing our link, fjbunity.org, with family and friends and asking people to contribute. Much appreciated. We'll announce uh, next week's goal, and uh, hopefully on the first day of Hanukkah, we will achieve that one as well. 
till we get to our year-end campaign finale. Thanks so much for tuning in. Coming up at 10 a.m., it's going to be a Mark Zamek Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Arab Shabbos music mix all day long. Avrami tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel. Matis JM Sunday, Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. I'm back on Monday. And by the way, Country Yussi and Heshi Wallfish are visiting us on Tuesday morning. Country Yussi, Heshi Wallfish visiting us this coming Tuesday morning. Have a great Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Until next time, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.